Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Samuel Singer, and today I have the great pleasure of having Sable with me. Sable is 24 from Florida and she has a schizophrenia diagnosis. So welcome to the show, Sable. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good as well. Um, I recently moved to Scotland and I'm just loving it here. Just, yeah, it's just really nice. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, I recently moved to Florida, so also very nice. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Florida. It's on. Is that on the West Coast, is it? Um, no, the East Coast, East Coast, isn't yeah. it? East, East. East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Because West to me, but East in America. Yeah. Yeah. It would be considered East in America, yeah. Okay, so well, let's start. So the first question is I want you to give me a summary of your mental health journey because, you know, before we get diagnosed, obviously the symptoms start before then. Um there might be events which you want to talk about. It's just to give, you know, the listeners an idea of how these conditions start, how the diagnosis happens, um, and what 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 it's like to go through. Um, so, if you'd like to talk about that, that would be great. Yeah, thank you. Um, my schizophrenia symptoms started when I was about twelve. I'm not sure about specific triggers that could have been involved there. I know I was not in a great home environment. What what sort of symptoms were you having at 12? I, at first I would just have like, at first I just had one voice that would just narrate what I was doing, which was annoying and kind of creepy, but I just got used to it and ignored it. But then it ended up being, um, I guess around that age it was three or four voices just chattering all the time and yelling at me and screaming and insulting me just constantly yeah because i i'm when i think back at my childhood you know around that age my head was a real mess it was full of chatter but it wasn't voices it was just full of i don't know how to describe it but i think it i think that i think voices were happening but i didn't go through that breakdown where like broke down a barrier mm-hmm. I don't know if you understand what I mean so but I yeah my head my head was a mess um from in my adolescence um like a soundtrack it, of indiscernible voices sort of thing yeah no I think um looking back I think I don't know my theory is that there is some sort of psychic aspect to schizophrenia um and i think that's what was happening to my head Mm -hmm. um but i just didn't realize it at the time it's just looking back and i think i had certain thoughts and i wonder yeah that sort of sounds like somebody else would have said that um yeah so is that thing going on yeah, so so please carry on. Tell, tell me more of, of what happened. Yeah, I had that. Um, I also had visual hallucinations, which could vary 
from basically anything. Just seeing a cat that's not there, a person that's not there that disappears after a while. Sometimes it was worse, like just corpses being everywhere, which is <laughs> distracting. <laughs> um, I realized very quickly that something was very, very wrong, but I did not, I didn't know what to do about it. I was afraid of talking to my parents about it. I tried to suggest that something was going on to see how they'd react, but they reacted really badly every time I even mentioned something like that. So eventually I was like, okay, I'm just going to hide this completely. I had the voices, I had the visual hallucinations. I had other auditory hallucinations, so it would be just things crashing, explosions. Um, I also had, I know this is actually not a normal schizophrenia thing, but I also had some, it was almost like a fantasy world sort of thing that I would get pulled into almost another world and it feel like I was somewhere else, mm -hmm. like with all the senses and stuff. That was also an issue, but I had all these things, but I just got really, really, really good at what a lot of people with mental illness and neurodivergence call like masking. I just got really good at hiding it. I was able to figure out which ones were hallucinations sometimes because I would look at what other people were doing. So if like, so if someone ran into the area with a gun and nobody else was reacting, I would look at them and be like, all right, okay, that one's 90% sure that's a hallucination. We're not going to worry about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to worry about that, but I knew I had to pretend not to be worried and not to react and not do anything that could give it away and that that's kind of, that's kind of like a you know as a child that's our response isn't it to because you know we're not adults at that age um so there is an element of trying to be a good child you know to I not disrupt anything yeah. um I, I'm, I'm just like have you seen that film sucker punch i haven't so have you heard about it? Not, no, I don't think so. So it's a film, I think probably, <laughs> it's must maybe about 10 years, maybe longer that it came out. And it's, it portrays <coughs> mental illness of a young girl, but it does it in a way where she is fighting in a fantasy world. Mm -hmm. Where, but it's actually a fantasy world that she created to deal with what is going on in the real world. Um, I, don't oh. know, I don't know if it has any resonance to you, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, interesting. It's yeah. not. It's, it's done in a in a kind of a fun, exciting way, rather than a than any other kind of interpretation. Um, yeah, I think my dad might have watched that because your summary of it sounds familiar. But no, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, um, my sister suggested that the fantasy world, I just, for simplicity's sake, I ended up making my own vocabulary for a lot of the things I was dealing with. So I started calling the fantasy world the other world, and I started calling just normal everybody reality the primary world just differentiate in my own mind and make it easier for myself but uh if it's a co coping mechanism it's not a good coping mechanism. it's yeah. 
yeah, it, I did not choose to go into it. It would just pull me randomly, and I would have to try to act as normal as possible. Like, when I was doing college classes, I'd get pulled into a random battle and have to be as normal and try to make sure my expressions were right for what was going on in the class. And while not being able to see the class, ugh. It, it, if it was a coping mechanism, it was an extremely dark, dangerous coping mechanism that I did not choose to use, which doesn't seem like a coping mechanism. But, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I know that's not normal. I've looked at a lot of the stories of other schizophrenic people, and most of them don't talk about that specific thing. That's more like voices and other auditory hallucinations and visual hallucinations and Paranoia sometimes. You know, whatever you um, with me is a little bit different than most people's experience. You know, Sable. Um, so I've done about forty interviews, and they're all different. And there's nobody's had an experience which is really just like mine. You know, there's there's little bits that are similar, but we do go through something quite individual. You know, that's what I've learned. Um, for example, Jasper, I could, I could, um, Jasper was a few, a few, I think it was last year I did Jasper. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and, and he was, um, he had a breakdown and it was similar. I could, I could relate to parts of it, but then, you know, other parts of the story were completely different. Um, yeah. You know, so I think it is an individual experience. Um, but I think that a lot of doctors seem to slap a schizophrenia label on symptoms that like people have enough symptoms so they're connected but I feel like there probably should be all more subcategories I don't know yeah I don't think it's overdiagnosed I think it's just not specific enough of a term to really you know what I think is that um as schizophrenics, we need to talk about it in a comfortable manner, in a, you know, in a safe environment. <clears throat> because um, rather than being pigeonholed, I just think we just need that safe environment where we can talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then, it, you know, it's not about, it's just about expressing it and getting it out of our heads, you know, yeah. um, w- without, I think, I think that's the important thing. And you know, I, I as I, I know that we don't get that chance often. Um, I don't know. I have actually, I have a website where I have started to basically do my own biography in small snippets of, about schizophrenia and just my life in general. Yeah. Schizophrenia is so intertwined with every part of my life that the whole thing is basically a schizophrenia journey with 70 entries at this point, but yeah. So, um, you know, I can share that link on the description. It's up to you. Uh, oh. You know, if, if you want to, if you want me to share it, I can do that. That'd be great. Um, okay. it's basically the queer schizophrenic.com, but I can send you the exact link. to make Yeah. It yeah. Send me the link afterwards. So, but, so tell me more about how you got diagnosed. What happened there? Yeah, um, I actually managed to hide my schizophrenia somehow for a very long time. I 
as a kid, I looked at what was going on with me, and I was thinking, all right, the only people that I have ever seen who have problems like this, because, like, I didn't, I was very shy, I was lonely, I didn't interact with other people very much. I had been bullied a lot. I was trying to protect myself to some extent, but most of my experiences with anyone having any kind of schizophrenia symptoms were like villains in fictional books. So I was like, oh, I'm insane. I need to hide this. Because I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, they're going to take me to a hospital and they're going to do things I don't want. I already have issues with hospitals because of other physical things I have going on that doctors were not helpful with. And just like, I don't even want to deal with it. Mm. So I just hid it for almost nine years. I think I have trouble with time, but it was at least eight years. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, you mean. yeah. Long time. Hid it for a very long time until it got so bad that I could not hide it anymore. People started realizing something was wrong, but they couldn't figure out what it was. It was mostly because I was in college. My roommate would notice because she lived with me all the time. I couldn't mask around her 24-7. I couldn't go to a different room. Mm. Not really. And that wasn't her fault, but she would notice. And she'd say, oh, since this weekend you look like you're doing really horrible, what happened? I'd just say, oh, I'm really tired. Technically accurate. (laughs) But she started to notice, and all my other friends, none of which were super close, but they started to notice things were wrong, too, even though I was very good at hiding it. I mean, they all said I was really good at hiding it, even after they knew, because they just thought I was exhausted (laughs) and maybe sick, like physically sick, Mm -hmm. not mentally sick. (laughs) or they thought that I was dealing with inhuman amounts of stress and should go see counseling. Mm. (laughs) So they told me there, they said that they didn't really realize what was going on at all. I did end up telling them later, but anyway, it got to the point where I was so overwhelmed. It went from three to four voices to five or more voices constantly all the time. Mm -hmm. I would wake up in the morning, I would, the voices would start immediately, four or five or six voices yelling at me, talking Mm -hmm. about things, talking about threats, because that's where I kind of thought. So tell me, you say yelling, now describe that. Okay. Um, They would basically yell my name they would scream for help or they would scream insults and how uh, how how did it sound um, i mean was it was it was it like a real voice i mean where was it in yeah. your room in your it, head or outside the head or I know. Out, outside the house how, how was it it doesn't sound like it's in my head it sounds like it's somebody nearby mm-hmm. and the distance varies like sometimes I'll hear screaming that sounds like it's coming from the next room but then I look over and see my roommates not reacting um the first semester I was at college I knew that the neighbors across the hall watched horror movies Mm. but 
I didn't realize they were watching horror movies right away because I heard the screaming and attributed it to my schizophrenia, which I didn't actually know <laughs> schizophrenia. So I didn't even realize they were watching horror movies until my roommate was saying, oh, the screaming's really bothering me. And I looked at her and I was thinking like, wait, you can hear these too? <laughs> but but yeah, that it was still schizophrenia issues because I'm pretty sure there's not a constant horror movie going on all of my life. That just happened to be that's, 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 that's where the time thing gets strange, doesn't it? It's like how can it just happen all the time? You know? Yes. Um, that's that's where the that's the, te- the te- there's like a temporal it's some, just, something temples going on there, isn't it? Constant. It was. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like five or four or five or more voices start first thing I wake up in the morning, and then because of the other world stuff, I didn't realize this until I started talking to people. But then they're like, but a lot of people were like, "You have actual like PTSD symptoms from this." And I was like, mm. "No, this is just schizophrenia." And they're like, "You have flashbacks." to events that happened there and then you vomit and then you can't tell reality from delusion yeah that sounds like that this might have been caused by schizophrenia but you basically have ptsd symptoms and i was yeah. like Ugh. so i told my doctor and she was like no 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 that's just schizophrenia and i was like okay but yeah that doesn't actually sound good i don't even know you know i i think i think um I don't know much about PTSD actually, but there is trauma associated with the symptoms of schizophrenia. There has to be. There um, is exactly. Yeah. So there is going there is going to be some consequences from that. Um, so I, I I don't know I don't know I the symptoms of PTSD. Officially diagnosed with PTSD, so I'm very reluctant to claim that label. Mm-hmm. But uh, I apparently seem to have a decent number of PTSD symptoms. Mm. But yeah, so I'd wake up, have four or five voices, have random flashbacks to things that happened in the other world in the past, end up throwing up, couldn't eat breakfast, um, went to classes, tried to write notes from classes, and then like they would have things the voices were saying in the middle of my notes which okay. made it hard to take notes. I could barely hear the professor. They didn't let us save slides or anything. I didn't want them to know I had issues like this. I would go back to the dorm, collapse for a while, listen to my voices, but just be too tired to get up, force myself to do homework while listening to three or four things in the background because that helped me focus. Um, Sable, can I ask you? Yeah. In a general sense, have you had difficulty getting validation from schizophrenia? I'm sorry, did you say validation? Yeah, in terms of folk actually believing you. Uh, not yet. I feel like that's probably going to happen because right now I look a lot more stable. Hmm. And I did look stable then. So to a lot of people, like my parents, like, oh, we just thought you had issues paying attention. And that you were spacey. Mm. And that you were on your own little world. And I was like, well, <laughs> kind of. The irony. Um, but, so, 
I don't know. No one's actually said they don't believe me. And I'm not sure if that's because they actually believe me or if it's because they don't think they shouldn't deny that. (laughs) I don't know. But I I think think that the inference from that is that there is a lack of empathy, perhaps, you know, um, towards you. Um, from maybe folk, you know, in terms of, you know, okay, Sable, look, you've been going through a lot. Let let's um let's do something, you know, that sort of thing. I think is lacking. Maybe not just for you, but for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. carry carry on with what what you're saying. Yeah. It seems like most people believe me, but I actually, unfortunately, made the choice to, since I had moved to Florida to live with my fiance, which is a very long story that is not going to be in 30 minutes, so we're just going to skip that. (laughs) But since I moved here and I was far enough away from my family that I didn't have to interact with them, I have decided to cut most of my family off for now because they are admittedly very toxic. My dad, when I told him I had a schizophrenia diagnosis and and showed him, I kind of wrote a simulator of my schizophrenia voices showing what they sound like and I just used different colors for different voices. I don't even remember how many voices were in this one, probably like five or six, but and I showed that to my dad and he looked at it and some of it like would have random snippets of your dad says you're useless and I told him I said that the things that you say because it's just insults or mockery or teasing constantly that's the only way he would interact with me pretty much yeah things that you say get taken by the voices and put on loop for days could you just not do that as much even just a little less and he basically just doubled the amount he did that Mm -hmm. and it was frustrating and he read those the voice simulator he said oh this sounds like you and i was like okay are you just saying i have really bad self-esteem and i would beat up on myself like this yeah i don't like to think of my voices as me even though they do probably come from mental things that are me, but he was like, no, it's because you're masochistic and sadistic. That's why you have voices like this. Did he actually say that? Yes. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a, maybe a preconception or a lack of complete understanding. Um, But you've got to realize that for people who do not experience this, and that's, say, 199 people out of a 200, mm-hmm. they don't, it's very difficult to grasp the concept. Yeah. Right? So there is, in, in your father's defence, there is that, that it's not him being an, an ass. It is just, it's so difficult for them to grasp the concept of it, you know? Is I would I would say that as um, you know my two pence worth because he would make fun of me for being too empathetic other times until the schizophrenia diagnosis and then he decided I was masochistic and sadistic 
But before that, he would say, oh, you're not empathetic. You're pathetic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not nice at all, is it? <laughs> yeah. And then my mom kind of tried to help. But she basically just took me to a doctor who prescribed one antipsychotic and then it didn't work and then switched and switched and switched and switched and switched and all sorts of negative side effects. Hmm. And it, it didn't help me. None of the antipsychotics helped me because my schizophrenia, I very quickly realized whenever I was willing to actually think about it, is was very episodic. So it would go from completely horrible to just horrible. Hmm. So... She'd give me a medicine, it would go from completely horrible to horrible because it was like a cyclical thing. And she'd be like, oh, it's working so well. And I'd be like, no, I still feel completely horrible, but uh, improvement. And then a week later, it would be completely horrible again. And then we'd switch the antipsychotics yeah. and add antipsychotics and add anxiety meds. And uh, it was just a mess. Yeah. It didn't help. None of it helped. I'm actually not on any medication currently okay. I, i'm definitely not saying go off your medication for anyone who has schizophrenia bad idea but for me what helped was having consistent emotional support because i didn't have that for most of my life so yeah. i met my current fiance and we talked every day and it helped and i live here now and i not criticize constantly for things like my mom i told her i needed headphones as a coping mechanism because mm. while I didn't get rid of the voices, it helped improve the soundtrack of my life. Yeah. So if I had really, 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 really bad voices to the point where I could not focus on other people's, what people were saying, I would use my headphones, but she would complain that I was not being social enough. I wasn't interacting with my little sisters and she would mm. complain about it until I took them off and gave up. Or if I was pacing, I was told I was in the way, even though that was a very healthy coping mechanism. Yeah. So basically, the most of the help and support I got from my family was, let's give you a bunch of random meds until we find something that works. None of it works, but but it's probably better, right? It's like, uh, it was frustrating. But I, I'm sorry, I got off topic because I was going to talk about how I got my diagnosis, right? No, it's fine. Um, okay. That's all, you know, that's all good, what you said. But, um, mm -hmm. You know, in terms of meds, you know, it, for some, it's kind of like a, an option which we'd rather not have, you know, because of, like you said, about the side effects and this sort of thing. Yeah. But, a lot of antipsychotics, they they have so many bad side effects. I had multiple medicines that were like, if you overdose, you will die. <laughs> was, my brain was like, good to know. <laughs> I'm not suicidal anymore, mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, okay, file this information away. Not good. Yeah, you know, um, how how is how's your mental health today? It's actually good. Yeah. I am in an environment that's a lot safer and better for me in a lot of ways. I don't have to deal with the constant criticism. Mm -hmm. I, I can, my voices are not as much of a problem. They're not constant anymore. And when they come mm -hmm. up, 
it's easier to deal with them. My fiance has accommodated me in a lot of ways. Yeah. I have um, selective mutism, which comes up whenever I'm, I have symptoms and stuff mm. that are really bad or whenever I'm stressed or when I'm t- talking about something I haven't been allowed to talk about. Yeah. Um, I have called it selective mutism because that's, that's, that's what seems to match up the best and that seems to fit what it actually is. But I'll get to the point where I either am basically mute, can't talk at all. Uh, I get stuck on one word and repeat it a bunch of times. I stutter. I can't Mm. speak, but um, we both have different issues that we're dealing with. So she feels like she needs verbal confirmation to be able to do some certain things to help me. And I feel, and I have selective mutism, so I can't give verbal confirmation. So we kind of came to a compromise slash accommodation where since she makes really nice bracelets, I have like five bracelets in my engagement ring. And if I'm having hallucinations, I take off my engagement ring and give it to her. And that means I'm having hallucinations and I need help or want help. Okay. I also have trouble saying I need or want help. I have other ones for flashbacks and voices and stuff and she's able to figure out how to help me better even though i can't talk yeah (sighs) yeah it's um yeah um sable Mm -hmm. what what do you think you know we talked earlier about you know i i've got various theories about what is trying what is going on exactly with all of this um do you have any ideas or what what do you feel is I'm not, um I'm not sure I I don't like to think of the voices as me hmm. I am more willing to think that they are a part of me or like a broken thing in me but I'm not sure. I have thought about it a lot. I've gotten more confused recently because... Confused is not the right word. More thoughtful about it recently because I found now that I'm in a environment that's different and safer and I can be myself. Yeah. I... I can do things that other schizophrenics can't for some reason i haven't heard of other schizophrenics being able to do this but i can't alter or change the hallucinations that just occur without me wanting them to like monsters outside and stuff Hmm. but i can kind of hallucinate on command now which i figured out in the last couple weeks which ah that's not normal i have never heard of a schizophrenic that could create their own hallucinations but i was watching iron man i was like oh i wish i had a supercomputer so then i was like i can try to hallucinate it so i hallucinated a supercomputer and played with it for a few hours um i also was trying to think of how i could make art so i just decided to hallucinate different filters on different things to see what they'd look like also weird Definitely not a normal schizophrenic thing, and I am definitely not saying that 
most or any other schizophrenics would be able to control their hallucinations to any extent. It's just for some reason that works for me, and I'm so confused right now about that. That's not normal. I'm not even sure. Like, I know I have the schizophrenia diagnosis, but also I feel like there's so much other random stuff going on. I don't even know. But it is cool. I feel, you know, this is just another of my opinions. I think you've had a rough period today, especially, not maybe not today, it was yesterday, wasn't it, when you had your family troubles? I think that might have affected you emotionally. Um, you know, I had family issues when I was young. My, my parents have passed away now, but, but when I was younger, I went through periods where they did not accept it. Um, and they would say things like, have you taken your medication? You know, yeah. as, if, as if I was like some sort of, um, do you know what I mean? Some sort of crazy person and I needed yeah. to take tablets to subdue me. Seemed to want to make me less of an inconvenience for them. And if I'm yeah. acting in any way, they decide it's not normal. They are like, have you taken your medication yet? I'm not even on. I was on <laughs> seven medications before I came to Florida. Yeah. And now I'm on zero and I'm doing better than mm. I ever have. And I'm 99% sure that's not a delusion. Yeah. I'm calmer. I figured out what real, being relaxed feels like. I felt like I was constantly in fight or fight for at least a decade. Yeah. I just started when I was 12. I didn't get diagnosed until I think I was... 20 or 21 I have trouble figuring out dates hmm. but 20 or 21 then I got antipsychotics that just plain didn't help none of them helped everyone was like this is what's supposed to work hmm. this is supposed to take it away or partially take it away and I was like this is just completely ineffective yeah yeah in terms of my opinion on from my experience so I take antipsychotics I still do hallucinate so you could say oh they're not working but I spent a year off meds back in 2011 and um it did affect me quite badly um so that's why I take the meds because it just takes that edge off it a little bit um yeah where it makes you know it is I just I'm able to to cope whereas Without, it was just too much, you know? Yeah, that's what I've heard from actual schizophrenics who say that the antipsychotics work. For most people, it doesn't take it away. It just lessens it to a manageable degree. And for me, it didn't even do that. So honestly, since I was so suicidal for so much of my life, Mm. from the time I was like 12 to five months ago, I did not, I had not intended to actually reach my 24th birthday. Okay. Um, But I'm not really suicidal anymore. I do get really depressed, but I, that's much more infrequent too. I don't really get to the point of being suicidal anymore. Do you know about about self-stigma? you know about the concept of self-stigma um is that 
kind of when you stigmatize your own mental illness, even yes. though you have it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's quite, okay, basically, it's like this. It's like, um, obviously, when we're, when we're young, we're, we're conditioned by from what we hear, from what we're taught in school. Um, and, and schizophrenics are stigmatized. So we go through that conditioning as well. So it is quite possible to self-stigmatize yourself um, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of beat yourself up about it. Um, that's quite natural, you know? Um, I think I did for a long time, for sure. I was so miserable and I wasn't getting any support even when I did ask for it. And my mom's form of support was just taking me to a doctor who gave me antipsychotics that changed all the time. I had my first antipsychotic did take a lot of the symptoms away, but it amped up my anxiety so high that I couldn't sleep Mm -hmm. during the night. And I would get hyper anxious about things that now I think about that don't even matter. I was afraid that I would not be able to open my locker at work. Yeah. And that I would lose the piece of paper that had the combination that I put in my pocket and the backup one that was in my purse and also the combination that was in my phone as well because my phone wouldn't be charged mm-hmm. or it would break. And then <laughs> if all of those things happened, I would have to ask my boss who would then just Logically, my boss would have just told me what my combination was because mm. she knows who I am. But I was like, and then she'll get angry at me yeah. and fire. And mm. then I won't have a job. And <laughs> then I won't be able to afford college. Mm. Like, completely mm. over-the-top ridiculous. That was uh, Abilify, I believe. <laughs> uh, uh, so, do you smoke? Do you take nicotine? Sorry, what? Do you smoke? No. Nicotine. Sorry, what? Nicotine. No, I have never smoked. I have not done drugs other than prescription drugs. I have barely had alcohol. I had alcohol because because I got my diagnosis so close to twenty one. I had alcohol. Was like, okay, this is way overhyped, but I guess it's fine. Like (laughs) years. I don't know. I'm weird. But uh, but then my doctor was like, you cannot have alcohol with antipsychotics. And I was like, mm. how dare you? I'm not allowed. Now I want to. Mm. <laughs> but I didn't. And then I was, and then I had antipsychotics for a couple of years. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, this is not something I really actually care about. I was just indignant because I dislike being told I can't do things. Yeah. But, which is kind of childish but also that that's my life like i can't drive Mm. because i will hallucinate people running in front of the car or oncoming cars and i can't just stop randomly in the middle so your visual hallucinations Mm -hmm. is it because i've i've never had a visual hallucination in terms of in terms of what I feel that you're having, um, yeah. you know, in terms of, I imagine if it's like the voices, then it's going to be like a real, you know, it's like a real, it looks real, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's something that must be incredibly disturbing. 
It is. The visual, hallucin- the visual hallucinations do look very real. I was a customer service rep. I actually ended up quitting when I moved to Florida because there was no way to transfer that job to Florida. Mm-hmm. And Long story. Don't need to go into that right now. But whenever I was a customer service rep, I would have two monitors to be able to input people's information and stuff. And I was... I am relatively intelligent. I was able to get consistently perfect grades despite dealing with all this stuff Hmm. and score ridiculously high on everything at work. Hmm. But um, I would have, like the most benign would be the, the screen would crack. Yeah all over the place and I'd have to try to read through that and the customer would be getting frustrated because I was too slow and then I would be having voices so I'd also have to very, very carefully try to focus to pick their voice out of the other voices so I'd be listening to like five or six voices at the same time. There would be crowds all over. You know, when you say that, I think, say, you need meds. You You need some meds to calm it all down, you know, but that's what I would think because... That is, that's, that's, you know, that's ridiculous, you know? Um, yeah, the meds did nothing. None okay. of them did nothing. I had to have tried at least six or seven antipsychotics. Mm. I don't actually have voices constantly anymore. Mm. I only have them occasionally at this point. I'm in a different, completely different environment. I feel safe. I'm able to be myself. And now, honestly, I don't have four or five or six voices going on constantly. I... I have no voices for most of the time. Yeah. I'm still schizophrenic. I still have schizophrenia symptoms. Mm. But the antipsychotics did next to nothing. And then having emotional support in a different environment made it so instead of having four or more voices constantly, I currently don't have any voices. I'm not, I don't have to pick your voice out from everybody mm. else's. And I said, but I enjoy, I enjoy talking to you. Would you mm-hmm. be interested in having a second episode sometime? Um, maybe a couple of months' time or a few months' time just to talk about it more? Sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to go over too long. I no, 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 it's fine because I think, um, you know, I think it, I think it, it, it was good what you were talking about. Um, okay. And I just, I, you know, I could talk. Basically, the reason I asked to come back is because mm-hmm. we, I feel there's more to go into. Um, perhaps we can, we can talk about maybe the hallucinations a bit more or what, how you feel about them, that sort of thing. Um, sure. So, yeah. So, let, yeah, let, let's, um, let's, let's, let's close the episode now. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it, um, you know, I think it's just good to talk, you know, to be honest with you. Um, and, yeah. So, basically, what I do at the end of the episode is I ask you, what type of music do you like? Because then I play some music at the start and at the end of the episode. Um, I try to get something that you like if you tell me a genre. Um, do, you, do you have Spotify? I, yeah, I use Apple Music, actually. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can look on Spotify. Okay, I was just wondering, because I made an entire playlist that I had called my schizophrenia playlist, which now is 
I actually ended up nicknaming it after the autobiography that I made, Socially Unacceptable, which <laughs> that really the quote that I absolutely hate about writing where they're like, oh, the only acceptable form of schizophrenia is writing. And I was like, Ugh. okay. So I took that and I was like, okay, my, my um, series is just called Socially Unacceptable with the subtitle. But- Sable, Sable, what on, on Reddit, um, just let me know what links you want to put on the description. Um, okay. So that's what I try to do, um, mm-hmm. just so folks can, um, you know, you get you you get a bit of traffic. Um, I think that's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, so. Um, okay, I'm trying to see if there's a song. That... Oh, I know. One second. Do you have time for me to find it real quick? Yeah, it's fine. Hmm. Feel bad for stealing this one because I'm pretty sure it's about bipolar, not schizophrenia, but it is really cool. You know, I I, I, I can't play that particular song because it has royalties attached to it. So ah. I I what I play is a, a royalty free uh, track, um, mm-hmm. but that's why I asked you for the genre. So if you like, uh, do you know okay. do you know what I mean? Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, such a variety. I don't even. Hmm. I have such a broad taste in music. Let me think. So, um. I'll just send you. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean That's to go this fine. much over. I stopped looking at the clock. No, it's... Down, it'll be a more reasonable length. No, it's fine. Um, you know, it's a real pleasure talking with you. Um, and uh, I will, I'll be in touch later on and we can, we can create another episode and we can talk more because I think that's the important thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, just to keep the conversation going. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Sable. Uh, we'll close the episode now um, and I'll speak to you soon. Sounds good, thank you. Thank you, bye. Bye.